Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. For this edition of Veterans Corner, host Bill Hodges talks with Dr. Troy Howell, Suicide Prevention Psychiatric Department at the James A. Haley Veterans Hospital in Tampa. Bill asked Dr. Howell to concentrate on the mental health effects of living with the coronavirus, not only on our vets, but also their families. Even with all of the resources being directed toward the pandemic, the psychiatric department at Haley has risen to meet the problem. You will find the ideas he presents very interesting and useful during this time of stress. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. I'm so happy to have you with us, and remember that whether you're listening to this over the air on our four FM stations or as a podcast, you should have a paper and pencil ready to take down the phone numbers and web addresses we share. By the way, it's also a great idea to have others in your family listen in with you. My guest today is Dr. Troy Howell. He is a psychiatrist at the James A. Haley Veterans Hospital, and there's a whole staff of people there. Is that right, Dr. Howell? Yes, there's a whole staff of psychiatrists, psychologists, mental health counselors, social workers, all uh, ready and willing to help a veteran in need of mental health care, for sure. You know, we hear a lot about the 22. I don't know where that actually, I've repeated it over and over myself that we lose 22 veterans a day. I'm not really sure where that came from, but I think it's fairly accurate, is it not? Well, the the current number is actually 20. Um, 20, we brought it down, good. Yeah, well, so that's, there's a trick to that number from a statistical analysis that when it was 22, that, that was sort of a educated with a lot of statistics, but not complete statistics to, to say that we lose 22 veterans a day. The statistics have gotten better over the years. We're able to, to track people who are who have died by suicide a little bit clearer. We have all state information. So we're, we're able to get a little bit more information from a national perspective. And the, the number of t- that is 20 um, is a number that is a little bit more accurate because of the statistics that we now have. Um, with that being said, the number 20 still um, too high. indicates, well, it's way too high, but it, but it also indicates a lot of folks that aren't being seen within the VA walls. And so the estimation is that six of those 20 are actually seen at a veterans uh, affairs uh, hospital or facility. And only three of those were actually in mental health care at the time. So what that sort of defines from a numbers perspective is there's a lot of folks out there that are not in treatment that are maybe getting treatment outside the VA, but also that may not be in mental health treatment whatsoever. And so the big part that we have to discuss is opening our eyes as a society that, you know, we're not looking for what you think stereotypical depression is. We're looking for for people, men and women, who maybe are not the mental health patient that you think of. And so 
being aware of that and being open to reaching out to your friends and family and, and looking for warning signs of people that you maybe never expected it to happen in or that depression to happen in that person and always been happy-go-lucky and all of a sudden has changed and, and you're aware of it and you're concerned about it. Reaching out to that person and providing support as best you can, learning some resources to give to that person if they don't want to talk to you individually are all things that we can do as individuals to, to assist those and, and help bring that number down. We're doing a lot, but you know, that, that a lot is not encompassing everybody. And we realize that and, and it's unfortunate and we're trying hard. And, and my title at the VA is suicide prevention coordinator. And um, I have a team of folks that are awesome and do the best that they can to try to assess those that are high risk and do some things in the background to provide some additional support. They may not be providing that face-to-face therapy, individual care. Um, they may be doing that, but the, for the most part, our team does some different things behind the scenes to provide support and, and get some resources to some individuals that are in need. Um, one of the things we're doing during this current time of COVID-19 is we are now reaching out to anybody that's been assessed to be at high risk on a weekly basis. Um, oh, we reach great. out to them. We reach out to them, whether they had a meeting with their provider five days ago, we're doing it on a weekly basis. And the idea is, is we want to make sure that we're reaching out to those that we've already assessed to be at higher risk um, and provide a, an extension of what their mental health treatment would be. We are providing virtual care for the most part currently. Uh, the, the, we do have ER still available and, and inpatient psychiatric care still available from a mental health perspective. Those things are still being provided. But for the most part, outpatient mental health care has moved to a virtual platform. And that change for the individual veteran is probably extensive and probably a, a bit eye-opening, but at the same time has become a little bit more convenient. Uh, James A. Haley specifically has done more visits in the past couple of months. And uh, you know we're currently in May right now, but in the past few months, we've done more visits than in prior months before COVID. And so what that kind of means is we're probably opening up to individuals who maybe need a different delivery of what is considered to be sort of the normal care. And whatever that new normal looks like for the veteran individually is what we're trying to get to. And we all don't want to be in this COVID-19 pandemic. That's not, you know, no, nobody, none of, none of us nobody, like nobody likes it, right? So, but trying to make the best of it and controlling what we can control as individuals and as providers and as systems is the best we can do with that information and being able to to provide care, albeit in a different systematic way, still is allowing veterans and and and, and their families to get mental health treatment, albeit maybe in the in the confines of their own home because of social distancing, but still getting that care. Well, you know, I think one of the exciting things about telemed is the ability, which if you were just calling people and talking to them over the phone. You don't get to see them. You don't get to see the background they're in. And more and more people, because of this COVID crisis, where we've been penned in for so long, have learned to use Zoom like we're using right. today in yep. order to do this broadcast. And they're becoming comfortable with it. And it may give you a door into the future that you'll be able to continue to serve more people and not for have sure. them have to drive to the hospital. Yeah, I mean, the VA has, has had Veteran Video Connect for a while now. But this has really opened up the, the ability of our facility and the ability of a veteran to really know that. In the past, you know, using Video Connect for somebody who's always gone face-to-face to their doctor or <laughs> always done this, you know, it's intimidating. You know, it's technology. We're not, well, not all of us are, are comfortable with getting on our computer and having a webcam look at us and, and all of those things. So th- those have to be taken into account. Now that it's been forced upon us, 
you know, I do believe that a lot of veterans are going to choose this as sort of a modality moving forward. It's easier to get to. Parking's not a problem. You know, right. all, of the, all, all of the negatives that come along with not face-to-face care, there are some positives and there's a lot of positives with it that you've kind of spoken to as well is, you know, once you get used to the concept of it and the technology of it, it becomes sort of the new normal, which I know is a term that's just being thrown around way too much now, but but it, it is the new normal. And if you're able to see your provider and sort of the comfort of your own home and, you know, it, and, you know, I'm sure there's some, some uh, uh, rules and guidances that will come about with this about, you know, where you have to be and, and how long you have to be on the phone and those types of things. But, you know, the, the reality is right now, James A. Haley specifically is, is doing virtual care from a mental health perspective. We're doing it via uh, Video Connect. Uh, other folks have used some other apps. One's called Doximity that allows us to have a video call as well if, video, if the BBC is down for whatever reason. Part of this is the technological of, you know, middle of March, the VA went from, you know, some people doing this video connect and this being a part of some provider stuff to now the entire country of the VA has moved towards a virtual platform on some level, whether it's 100% or 50%, it's that much more than that our, our information and technology folks really had to deal with. So there was some bumps in the road, but, it, but honestly, anecdotally, from my perspective in the past, I would say probably six weeks it's really smoothed out and it's become kind of uh, when I say easy, I'm not trying to minimize it, but, sure. but it has become an easier process for us as providers. And I'm sure because of that has become an easier process for the veterans as well. Let's talk about warning signs. If okay. somebody is living with a vet or actually anybody, they're still the same warning signs. Correct. If they're living with a vet and they, they don't know what to do. What are some of the warning signs? This guy that was happy-go-lucky, and all of a sudden, what's happening? Yes, I think it's hard right now to see some of these warning signs, and, and there's two reasons for it. One is because of the social withdrawal, right? So every person in this world right now is required to sort of pan in and, and, and keep it to as close to a knit a policy as you can right now. So to your closest family, people you live with, uh, pets, and, and that's kind of it right now. And so you know, you aren't having that social outlet. And one of the things that we work on, and I'll, I'll get to more specific warning signs, but one of the specific things that we work on as mental health providers for people that are, are receiving mental health treatment is working on something called a safety plan. And the safety plan isn't really for every single person, meaning we don't think every mental health person is at the highest risk for suicide. That's not the way it works. But everybody needs a safety plan. What do you do in the midst of it? I mean, it's the hurricane plan, right? We're in right. Florida. Hurricane season's coming. What's your safety plan? What are you what, what are you planning to do if a big hurricane hits? You're going to evacuate. You're going to not. Thinking about those things before the crisis hits is important. And one of the things in the safety plan that we talk about is outlet. And most of those are social. You know, call a friend, go see your wife, talk to your pastor. Whatever is the thing that works for that individual is one of the things that we really talk about in our safety plans with individual veterans. And, and safety plans are not just for veterans, but you know that's what we do specifically at James A. Haley. So working through that safety plan, one of the things is social outlet. And so with this pandemic, some of that's been peeled back a little bit. And we, you, we don't necessarily have the, hey, go to a group, right? Go meet with your friends, go to a breakfast meeting, whatever that solution would be. We're now looking towards technology to accomplish some of those things. So Developing some comfort with that obviously is important for the individual person. But warning signs, 
really it's change in mood. And one of the biggest things that I look at is change in mood. If, if the consistency for your family member who's a veteran has constantly been talking to you about things and, and keeping you informed and talking about their situation, all of a sudden sort of peels back and isn't, isn't as open as they used to be or um, seems to be more tearful than usual or all of a sudden is developing irritability that is not normal for them. Those are all warning signs that they're going through some sort of stress. Now, anxiety right now is extremely commonplace because it's a stressful time. There's a lot of unknowns, right? And so understanding that and trying to provide support in whatever way that, that you can is important. Um, some of the other things that you could really see in somebody who's increasing their risk is substance use. So if their alcohol use or substance use is starting or increasing or becoming an issue that's very obvious, those are some warning signs. The other sort of major warning signs are what we call preparatory behaviors. So changing life insurance, taking out life insurance policies, giving away prize possessions, um, talking about death more frequently. Um, any of those things are, are signs that we want to be cognizant of and, and be aware of. And the resources that families should really be aware of, the, the primary one that I tell everybody is the Veterans Crisis Office. Um, there's a national suicide hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. The Veterans Crisis Line is sort of a part of that, and the number is the same, 1-800-273-8255. Let me give that a veterans little slower. Okay. 1-800-273-8255, and if they're a vet, they hit one, right? Correct. They're going to hit one, and then that, that pressing of a one will be transferred to specifically to the Veterans Crisis Line. The meaning for the Veterans Crisis Line is for someone in need of assistance. Everybody's crisis is different. So whether it's that you are at your wit's end and not really sure what else to do and are considering death as an alternative, or you are beginning depression and not really sure where to go, and maybe it's not the severity I just mentioned, but it's becoming problematic for you as an individual, then calling that number will, will start the ball rolling. Ultimately, what happens is a mental health provider at the crisis line will take the call and will deal with whatever crisis is in the moment, meaning if they need emergency services or if, if they just need somebody to talk to or if they just need a referral. All of those outcomes will be that they'll be offered a referral to their local suicide prevention team. And that suicide prevention team will have a provider that will call them within the next business day and, and basically just complete the circle. If they need a referral to mental health, they need a referral to our homeless program, whatever the reason for that call, the, the, the uh, staff member on our suicide prevention team will call that individual, have a conversation and make sure they get what they need locally in addition to what they got nationally. You know, there's just so many, 211, that people mm -hmm. don't know about that. I just yep. did a program with uh, Clara, the, the CEO yeah. oh, of yeah. the crisis center talking about what 211 would do. Any vet out there that needs help, push 211. You can get it yep. right away. And yeah, it's and not, they, not VA, but it still gets you to a good group of people. And we partner with 211. We, we have a lot of, of, of mixing of, of resources, and we, we have communication with Clara and Manny and, and, and the Crisis Center folks all the time. So, you know, if a vet calls 211 and they need to be referred to the VA, I, I pretty know pretty much know who they're going to call. And so that, that's a great opportunity and, and, again, another resource available. They also actually have a, a state hotline, which I believe is 1-800-MY-FL-VET, um, and it's specifically for the state of Florida. So that's another opportunity. That's not really a crisis line, but it can be used in a similar way. If a veteran calls like 
calls that line and is in crisis, they'll be referred to the 211 uh, process as well. So, yeah, there's lots of resources out there. Being aware of them as a family member or a friend of a veteran are some of the things. And, and again, the, get back to the crisis line a little bit. That can be the starting point, right? So that if somebody needs to be enrolled into the VA, we, we do that pretty frequently where somebody calls the crisis line, isn't sure really what to do, but is starting to develop some symptoms and wants to get into treatment. They call the crisis line, they get referred to us, they have a consult, and you know, within 10 days of that call, they probably have seen once or twice already. So you know, we, we are able to provide the, the care, again, with the current situation, it's a little different than normal, but the reality is we're still able to provide the care and provide the support if, if a veteran is interested and in need, and just making themselves available to it is kind of what the process is with these resources. Haley has been great, and we've run out of time, Dr. Howell. Dr. Troy Howell is a psychiatrist, in fact, heads up the suicide prevention for James A. Haley Veterans Hospital. But everything you've heard is something you can use nationally. So please do that. Dr. Howell, thanks for being on the program. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And to my listeners, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know, and we'll talk to you on the next Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.